breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Doctor Jeffrey Sato from LSUS. Good morning, Doctor Sato. Thank you for joining us. Sure. I I read your article about the uh, the governor's race and uh, Senator Nelson dropping out, uh, and you say this could be good for Landry, even possibly winning without a runoff. But if Nelson's only polling. The best he did was less than 2%. How does that help Landry? Yeah, well, really, it's a, a, a winning-winning process. I mean, uh, Nelson goes out and, and endorses Landry, and, and you're right, he's not going to get that many votes um, for that reason. And yeah, I, I still think, regardless, that, that you're much more likely to have a runoff than, than – uh, uh, then, then someone went out right, that being Landry in, in the uh, in the general election. But you know, it, it does bring up the interesting question, or, or at least we can start talking about it, that, that this may be leading to something else. When you look at other uh, polling results, uh, Landry um, around 40% now, uh, and uh, some of the other things going on with the other candidates, um, you know, no real consolidation for the, behind any other uh, Republican. The fact that when we look at undecideds in polling right now, we're, we're looking really more at people who are not going to vote uh, than than people that truly are undecided at this point. So, uh, you know, things are kind of trending in that direction. I, I don't think it's it's going to happen, but uh, the the fact that um, that we're that there's even a possibility, a realistic possibility, um, is is interesting. Now you also said, uh, like uh, another candidate whose uh, uh, whose uh, campaign is in trouble is Sharon Hewitt. You, I think your article said she's running on fumes financially at this point. Do you see any other candidates possibly dropping out? Um, at this point, no, because uh, uh, you know, like uh, Treasurer uh, John Schroeder, he still has a fair amount of money um, available to him. And he's been in for the long haul, so I just I don't see him um, leaving at this point. Um, Hunter Lundy, um, he's uh, he's put in a ton of his own money, so uh, you might as well go all the way with that. And there's always this kind of um, I think really fantasy that somehow you know he's going to catch on because he's he's not a politician and uh, he's uh, supposedly kind of playing. Speaking, plain talking. Although uh, really, it's more simplistic speaking and talking uh, when you look at them on the issues. Um, Doc, and of course, uh, go ahead, Doc. I wanted to ask you about the folks that are undecided. It's a large percentage of people. What is what is going to be the moment when they decide? What are the things that are go- they're going to look at and go, okay, here's the here's my guy. What do you anticipate that will will do that for them? Yeah, I'm not sure it's that large. It's a 12% in a gray media poll, so uh, which is about you know, when we're looking at fewer than three weeks out. That's roughly what we would expect. Um, and that's why I say at this point, 
uh, a good chunk of those uh, people are, are not going to vote. They're just basically uh, telling the pollster um, you know, kind of what the what they think the pollster wants to hear. They're going to vote for somebody, but uh, at this point, they don't vote. They they, they would have already made their decision. Um, you know, right now, a lot of campaign communication things have really evolved in the last couple of decades. Um, a lot of it comes now directly from the candidates. You know, not if, if it's not in the the form of uh, uh, something like uh, email messages or, or uh, telephone calls, which are more traditional, let's say. Now it's text messaging and communications that way. And so, you know, that's something that, you know, has, uh, is driving people to decide a little earlier, you know, instead of waiting upon a chance encounter, let's say, on TV with a TV ad, this direct communication has people deciding uh, earlier and earlier and um, you know, right now you're 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 really you're, there's no defining issue out there really that's going to change a lot of minds right now. So uh, it, it, I, I don't know that there is anything out there that, that's going to do that. It's it's just um, the the constant the drumbeat over months and months of campaigning from uh, each of these candidates, and of course the one that's that has the most money and has been doing and has had the most activity, Landry being the most advantaged by this, blocking in voters. So that's what they've been doing. And so I, again, I don't think there's there's much in the way that's going to change that dynamic unless you know it's like um, live boy or or dead girl. Mm, you, yeah, yeah that, that's that's scary. <laughs> right. uh, you, you say you know you say we're three weeks away uh, roughly. Uh, any bombshells do you expect? Any any possible surprises? Um, no, I mean, I think the, the strategy that most of the field is working on, uh, with, uh, with one obvious exception, is um, the kind of guilt by association tactic with, with uh, uh, Attorney General Jeff Landry. Uh, so they bring up, or, you know, one candidate brings up, uh, well, you know, one of his donors um, is being punished by the courts and the Department of Insurance for um, questionable activities. Um, you know, and then, uh, another, um, you know, comes up with, uh, well, a bunch of trial lawyers are giving him, uh, money. So therefore, uh, he must be a tool of trial lawyers and, and so on and so forth like that, trying to create this impression that yeah, they're trying that with Waggis back as well with his association with Jindal. Um, yeah, um, you know, I, I don't suppose that's as bad in the mind of a lot of people as opposed to say, you know, you've got, uh, all these, dastardly trial lawyers and, and, you know, one of them who may be a crook out there uh, donating to Landry. Uh, but, yeah, you know, that's been some of them have, have tried that as well, although, um, you know, to some people that wouldn't be such a bad thing uh, being associated with Jindal, but to others may, maybe it is. But, yeah, again, this is all kind of weak. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, the, the, you know, these are, these aren't real issues. Let's put it that way. I mean, it, you know, in terms of, substantive issues dealing with what's going on in Louisiana. So, for example, you know, insurance, and that's kind of clever how it's being um, tied back to land, or even, you know, insurance and the economy and things like that. Um, yeah, you, you, you don't hear much in depth about that at this point. It's mainly uh, kind of this um, um, rumor-mongering, scandal-mongering kind of um, tactics being employed. Sean Wilson's uh, campaign um, uh Four-cylinder hoopty car or twelve-cylinder luxury car today? Um, well, um, um, 
Yeah, more like a, a Yugo, maybe. I don't know if people remember that. <laughs> um, it, you know, it's just, uh, uh, it, 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 it's, it's just not a great candidate uh, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, um, you know, he's won, run one contest in his life at the local level, be lost. Um, he's uh, been a uh, career uh, bureaucrat, 18 years at the Department of uh, Transportation and Development. Um, you know, the Republican uh, Government Association has been running ads against them, which are are pretty um, are pretty good. Uh, they're uh, uh, they, they're basically giving him no quarter. Uh, so, you know, it, it really shows in the polls because if you are a a, uh, a Democrat and you've basically got the entire party lined up behind you, and, you know, really any uh, important interest group. Um, at this point in Louisiana, you ought to be running at least 30-odd percent uh, in the polls. Uh, but uh, he's having trouble cracking 25 percent. So there's, there's a definite lack of enthusiasm, and I think it kind of does go back to the candidate. Talking with Dr. Jeffrey Sato. Doctor, uh, can you hold on with us through the break? We want to talk Mardi Gras coming up next. Sure. Mike mm-hmm. McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Talking with Dr. Jeffrey Sato, political science professor at the LSUS, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Let's talk Mardi Gras. You wrote an article regarding Shreveport's Mardi Gras, essentially saying this is a mess, I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, and that, and then it's hurting Tom Arsenault. Um, describe how you see this. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, we we have roughly six months uh, before the, the scheduled parade uh, next February. Uh, you have the mayor coming out and saying, you know, we need to have these certain changes. And actually, what uh, was has been reported uh, that the the very sticking points uh, are actually, I, I guess, much less dramatic than kind of what was originally proposed. So actually much earlier start time and some other uh, features uh, that didn't uh, make their way, I guess, into the the final negotiations. But, uh, you know, it it seems like something, first of all, that that should have been planned um, much farther in advance. I mean, the the problems, you know, and the mayor talks about the the incident about the the teenager getting shot. I mean, that was you you knew that right after the parade. You knew that was a, a it was potentially a problem going forward, so why not immediately begin to address it uh, instead of taking months to you know, work your way to it? Uh, so, yeah, again, the parades, you know, you need a lot of planning ahead for these things, and it makes it really difficult on the, the crews to to be able to to hold the, these parades if, if, you know, these kind of had these short-term uh, uh, interruptions or, or, or issues being brought up about that. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, uh, again, I find it interesting that the, the tack that, that Arsenal's taken on this in terms of giving preference to the African American, uh, parade, which uh, traditionally has always been the first Saturday of, of the, of the month. But, you know, that's something that every three years or so crops up. You're going to have that, that, uh, potential conflict. Uh, and, you know, uh, again, uh, you you I'm, call I'm, it an unforced error by Arsenault. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. Completely avoidable then, right? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, again, if you'd planned much farther ahead, start uh, negotiating on these issues, 
Um, but, um, you know, also uh, at, at a certain point, it's, if you want to get rid of the crews, I mean, they're, they're, you can be very draconian, these kinds of restrictions. And, you know, some of these you know, are are tough to, are, are going to make life tough on, on the crews as they've existed. So, uh, do you, and, think, and do you still, think that's his ultimate goal is to get rid of the crews? Um, I don't know. Um, you know, um, 15 or odd years or so ago in, in Bossier City, uh, the city leaders kept saying, well, no, you know, we, we don't, uh, you know, we're not trying to run the crews off or anything. Uh, but that's basically what ended up happening by uh, rules and regulations and there are a number of people running around saying they really don't miss <laughs> not having any parades in, in Bossier. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, it, uh, but uh, it, it does seem to be, uh, it does seem to be, a, uh, that would seem to be an outcome, a, a possible outcome if it continues on this course. Your article goes on to say you get real political in this, and I'm going to quote you now. Chances are, chances are in 2026, one or more black Democrats without Tarver's baggage will contest for the more mayoralty, and likely one will end up up in a runoff against Arsenault, who would be expected to run for a final term. You think the Mardi Gras issue could be one of the big issues that could put Arsenault in jeopardy? Um, I'm, yeah, possibly. I, I, I'm kind of looking at it there more in terms of, uh, all right, well, you know, here you have a, a white Republican mayor who's going to have to get a, a decent portion of the black Democrat vote in order to stay in office. Uh, and you know, can't depend upon having a divisive, um, uh, controversial uh, politician to be running against in order to, to grab that, that portion of the vote. So you're going to need some other things. Uh, and uh, favoring, in a sense, the African-American parade uh, and, and making the other uh, crews, you know, giving it preference and making the other crews having to adjust to its... Um, uh, its desires, you know, that's, you know, that could be thought of as a way of trying to uh, attract those kinds of, of votes. Uh, the you know, African-American parade is a pretty organic organization among, um, in Shreveport, uh, among, in the black community. Uh, a number of leaders are, uh, participate in it or uh, even are, have been behind organizing it in the past. And so, you know, that's uh, by giving uh, that favored status, that may be a way of currying favor among uh, those people who have some political clout. You maybe translate that into um, you know, votes come election day. So, so yeah, this, uh, you know, the, the thing that struck me is that, yeah, there could be a little um, electoral politics going on behind all of this. Ooh, wow. That's pretty stout. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Thanks for your time, sir. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. Sure. Dr. Jeffrey Sato, LSUS political science professor, Mike McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. We are in the presence of celebrity greatness. A television star I know. in our midst. I know. 
I'm very offended though. I, I expected there to be like some na 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 You know, like a Mexican hat dance or something. No, that wouldn't be appropriate. Chica Montez, who uh works right behind me mm-hmm. in our sister station, K ninety four five. Yeah, K ninety four five. K ninety four five. I used to be on that station. Back when I was a kid, I was too. Back yeah. in the day, in the when day. it was KWKH FM. But you, you, you got like you were all up on the TV. I accomplished something huge, y'all. What? What did I they accomplished name? KSLA something big. Name? Yeah. What did they name you? Yeah. Shout out to Bisky Duncan. You bet. KSLA twelve. Um, man, I got probably one of the best achievements of my life yesterday, and I got so many messages just for being born a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> what, is she, what, what did she name you? It's 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 Hispanic Heritage it's Month, It's Hispanic right? Heritage Month, and they're out there. Y'all, I think they were scraping bottom of the barrel, but I don't care. I'm going to take it and run with it. <laughs> you know, they got all these successful business people. You got people that they're celebrating, like Mario Chavez, right? Like, everybody's like, yeah, you you, you got is all these really doctors. Ma- Mario Chavez? Oh, sorry. Mario Chavez. Mario Chavez. Mario Chavez. Sorry, that hold on. Let me. <laughs> I forgot what station I was on. I was over here like, <laughs> like no, no, no. So they got all these people that are, like, legit, like, just superstars and doing so many great things for the Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. Doing so many things representing our culture. And then there's me that's like, I got a DJ business and I love to party. Well, if you get drunk, I'll bring the music. Well, there's only three days left in the month. Okay, they all okay. running out of people. Well, actually, no, 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 no. Goes all the way to October 15th. You Wait. know why? Do you know why they start? Why do Hispanics have a month that's halfway one month, halfway the other month? Well, the reason why we get started late, we get started late on September 15th is because we're Mexican. We're late to everything. So we couldn't even show up on time. (laughs) They got some siestas they got to do. Yeah, we're drinking so much the night before. What is this thing she said you do on the radio that I don't even know about? Donde, Don, Don Dorina, Don Dorina. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What is it? It's called Donde Esta Chica. Donde Esta Chica. Where I give you three clues as to where I am. And you have to call in and guess. Ah. But you can't guess in English because we're doing it in Spanish. So you got to be like, so let's say I'm like, oh, there's a big fish tank. Okay. So I have to All say right. it in Spanish, the in, aquarium? Yeah. Oh, oh, no, incorrecto. Aquarium, oh no? No, you'd be like, Chica está en Shreveport Aquarium. And I tell you, you're wrong. It's Le Aquarium. No, no, my. <laughs> I was thinking of Bass Pro Shops. I was going to give you a couple more clues, but that's how we play. And so listeners, you know, they'll even have their kids in the back of the car going, Mom, it's Chica Esta. So, um, Chica Esta. Yeah, I'll be around town and some people will just yell, Donde esta Chica? And I'll be like, right here, fool. Just right here. Okay. Did you bring tacos? I didn't. Well, and I thought it was awesome that they, like, gave me some love on Taco Tuesday. She got yeah. a month of Taco Bell. So yeah, that's exactly. exactly. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How to not celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. Go to Taco Bell. I say that as I had it for lunch yesterday. Oh, lunch. But, Lord. you know, I, I would like to be celebrated by you guys this month. Okay. Um, I would like you guys to show up daily with, um, I don't know, like an offering. So I think maybe you could get up early, make some breakfast tacos for everybody. Yeah. Just to honor my culture because I did. I, I really don't know why they gave me love. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I I was going to come up with like a lame 
or I was thinking about like sensationalizing the story, you know, like she, you know, she jumped the border and and she swam through the Rio Grande and she, you know, and she (laughs) fought for the American dream and and now look at her with her own business. Nobody swims the Rio Grande. Hey, hey, hey. In my story, how I got here to this country, and now she's looking for a man with a green card. Only he can provide it for you her. You need to stop. You and, need to get and, out of here. And so it's <laughs> like, hola, I'm looking for a, a very nice white man who can fix my papers. Oh, my um, God. The truth is There's no breakfast taco. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. I'm trying to make the story good. Can we edit this headphones. whole segment out, Ruben? Can we edit it all out now? Should I ask her why Mexicans don't like to grill? Stop! Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. I think Chief Wayne Smith is joining us next hour. Right after the local news. And talk about the noise ordinance. They delayed it, which we we expected. Mm -hmm. You can see the details on the decibel meters that you can be and all that. It's at keelnews.com. More details about what is going to be allowed. Um, and I'm curious about like, cause I think a, a jet airplane is like 90 decibels. And I think what they're going to allow is in the range of 60 decibels during some times. I, I want, I'm, you're a better sound person than me. I want to look up those decibels and see what is, what like is, what compares, what to, compares yeah. to 60 decibels. Right. Is that a, you know, cause somebody said like 30 decibels or something is a I think Chica machine. was about 70 decibels. I, just yeah. Then. That, I think you're right about that. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Crackling a, my headphones. That's a big honor for her though. That really is. She's, and she's a funny, oh, she, she's so funny. I love her. We, she's, she's I'm, hilarious. I'm telling you, it, it ought to be a regular. She needs a man, by the way. <laughs> Let's hook her up. She's going to kill me now. <laughs> If you're interested in dating Chica, send us a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Did I just do that? (laughs) Ruben, edit that out too. (laughs) She hasn't had good luck with the gentleman. That's just I'm just men are pigs. I I mean, no, I'm just telling you they they are men are pigs. No, that's not news. That's not correct. You just trashed your entire gender. And the the few of us that aren't are already married, so, <laughs> you know. Wayne <laughs> Smith coming in after the news, 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. So sounds above 85 dB are harmful. Okay. Decibel, if you're looking at decibel levels, um, just to give you some some comparison, just to give you a, a, perc- a perception on a perceptive on on what they are, average home noise just in your home is around forty decibels. Okay. According to this chart, that'd be your dishwasher, it's a soundproofing guide. Okay. All right. Uh, office noise inside a car at sixty miles an hour is about seventy decibels. That can't be because the decibels allowed under this new ordinance, the maximum is 65. A vacuum cleaner, average radio. Average, average, average radio. radio. When Chica's not in the room. When Chica's 75 decibels is average. Uh, when Chica's in the room, it's 130. Right. So, uh, which is stock car races level. Well, the highest limit allowed under this ordinance is 65. 
And that's the entertainment district from 7 a.m. to midnight is 65. And so that's the sound of under a vacuum cleaner. Now, right? a normal, now, and now checking a different chart from Decibel Pro, Decibel Pro, uh, traffic and vacuums, vacuum cleaner runs at about 70 decibels. So the noise downtown Lawnmowers. can be no louder than a vacuum cleaner. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. Concerts, car horns, sporting events are around 110 decibels. According to this chart. Now, you get into, that's in your dangerous levels, though. Mm -hmm. Especially over 30 minutes. Uh, It says anything over 85 dBs for extended periods can cause permanent hearing loss. Golly. Which may explain why some of the concerts mm-hmm. have to be so loud because they're they do it every night yeah they have hearing loss right right exactly who well chief will be in we'll talk about the ordinance he you know he said he tried to mediate between the businesses and say hey look let's all come to the table and do what's right for downtown and um so far there's been no kind of meeting of the minds but and they've delayed the noise ordinance for at least two weeks we'll see what happens after that i they're, they're not I, – I did make a mistake yesterday, though, when I said they'll take their liquor licenses. This ordinance does not call for the revocation of your liquor license. Okay. It calls for fines starting at 500 then 750 then 1000 and then after that there could be legal action. So it, it, it ups the fines. And you had a point. Some clubs will just pay the fine. Absolutely. I'll just if, budget if all you that do in. is find them, and it, and you get to a point where you go, okay, well, I, I need a thousand dollars for my fine. I'll just budget Let's that in. My... Crank this biatch up. Mm-hmm. Just ch- charge an extra three bucks at the door. Right. That'll be for my noise fine. And then what do you do then? I, you know, yeah, I'll pay the fine. Right. Then after that, you'll get to the third offense, though, and then you could be facing some legal action. And and at that point, I think things would get serious. But, you know, we just can't have this lawlessness downtown. And it doesn't matter who it is. So you can't have it anybody. So they're delaying to let the business owners study it, look it over? I well, mean, yes. What happened was they the, uh, the owner of Hayes on Texas has a meeting tomorrow with the city attorney. They also want to do, want to see some, this council said, some of them said, I want to see some results of the testing. Like, go out there this weekend with your decibel meters and test how loud it is. Mm-hmm. And let's see how, you know, it, how, how, what does it ring, uh, ring in on the decibel meter and to find out how far away from what we need them to be are they. And they're going to find they're way off. When you read that list of decibel stuff, it's like, man, they're going to be way off from that. Right. Because you can hear that music for blocks away. Oh, well, yeah. And that's the big sticking point for a lot of other folks downtown. We'll talk with Chief Wayne Smith coming up right after the news. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with uh, Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith joining us, uh, talking about this uh, debate going on downtown Shreveport, the decibel levels and our noise ordinance. That is, is it been rewritten? Is the, is the is it finished? Or have they got it complete? Oh yeah, they have it drafted and they um, they have presented it to the council and now the council is mulling it over. They've decided to delay. 
um, to give you guys time to go down there and do some run some tests and to give the bar owners time to meet with the city attorney. Is that how I understand it? Uh, absolutely. I think uh, a meeting with the city attorney is going to occur today, and I'm perfectly willing uh, at any time to meet with the establishment owners uh present to them show them the device that we'll be using uh to check sound levels uh and to help them establish a distance where they would not be uh in violation of the ordinance as it's written they are in violation as they have been operating no uh, doubt about it no doubt about that yes how yes. far over do you think i mean is it well, way from, beyond from the the time that i have gone down there on weekends uh i have heard clearly uh, the sound being emitted from establishments three to four blocks away from that establishment. Mm-hmm. When, now, do you have actual levels of what their decibel? Have you been measuring what what their decibel levels have been? Uh, we have not thus far, and the reason being because uh, uh, they had to create an ordinance that defined what the noise control officer, who that was, mm-hmm. and also uh, to give us. I guess the legal authority to use an electronic device to record those levels. And you will be starting to do that. You're going to be. You have. You have. How many of those little gadgets do you guys have? We have two on hand as we speak. Okay. And you're going to have what's called NEOs. I saw in the ordinance, n- noise enforcement officers. That is correct. Do you have them already in mind, or do you already have folks like that in place? <clears throat> we have folks in place that are regularly assigned uh, downtown uh, every weekend. And they will be uh, immediately the noise control officers. Now, is there special training that they go through? Is there a course that they have to do? Any certification to to? None that I know of. the uh, The instrument is relatively simple to use, uh, and we have, in fact, did some research on some other agencies who, in fact, using these or similar uh, uh, machinery, and also uh, has similar uh, ordinances in effect. As we are attempting to do. Yeah, we're not reinventing the wheel here. No. no. This shouldn't be this difficult of a process. Mm-hmm. No. Chief, what? I heard you at the council yesterday say you have tried, and I think you used the word mediate, you have tried to get these uh, club owners together and let them hear and see what's going on and say, look, let's all work together. But you kind of, your, your voice kind of changed and you were like, but it didn't work. It didn't work uh, uh, at least two times that it happened. Uh, the DEDA, Downtown Development Authority, uh, brought the owners in. We sat and uh, tried to work it out, and that meeting turned out disastrous. So I went downtown, me and my staff. Disastrous how so? They were fighting? Nothing got accomplished. Okay. Nothing got accomplished, all finger pointing. So I went downtown, personally myself, got the owner and the manager of the club uh, before this ordinance was written. Walked to the had the officers to stop traffic on Spring Street. Went to the middle of Spring Street and I says, "This is my boundary until we get something else established. If your if your music can be heard clearly at this point, then you're too loud. On the other side, if yours can be heard clearly at this point, you're too loud. Try to respect each other." Do more than one club have a rooftop down there that are blaring music? Are they having like dueling blaring? I only know of uh, one in particular that has a rooftop event. Uh, There is another. The Remington, I think, has a a rooftop area. Uh, But for the most part, it's just the one that has the rooftop event. And and let's be clear. 
it doesn't matter what type of music. Mm-mm. It. I don't care if they're bla- blaring Charlie Daniels or you know Prince or whatever. If the decibels exceed the the limit, then it needs to be turned down. Absolutely, one it's the, not the type of music that's the issue. One of the greatest concerns to me, uh, Spring Street Highway One, Year Drive, whatever mm-hmm. you call it, State Highway North and South that everyone travels coming through Shreveport, Texas Street Highway Eighty, the, the first wa- wagon trail from east to west. People travel all the time, and I just think you as a citizen has the right to travel those highways uh, and not be subjected uh, to someone else's uh, music. Now, are there, a, a, would obscenity laws come into place on vulgar language? What, what, what does that fall under? We're definitely going to be looking into that. Uh, and that is subject to what you would be hearing downtown. As a matter of fact, this past weekend, I heard quite a bit of that myself. And, 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 the, and that means from the music, yes. not just people talking. From the music and people talking. Mm-hmm. It was embarrassing. Let me clear up something because one of the other bar owners said when you guys came down there in force and you've seen the videos and y'all turned on your sirens as loud, you know, as loud as you could, that the DJ turned up the music? Is that true? I heard him say that and I was not there at that time and officers have not reported to me that that happened, but I was not there. Okay. So I cannot uh, uh, discount what he said. Can you stay with us? I want I want you to go over your stats because you went through some stats about how many calls y'all are getting to downtown when you guys have so many other things that you could be doing. Yes. Let's talk about that. Chief Wayne Smith in studio with Mike and McCarty. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. We're in studio with Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith. Chief, I, I got a message from a friend of mine said you have to have legal authority to use a decibel meter and record the sound. Is that accurate? The one of the ordinances was two of them that be being proposed, and one does give us the authority to do that. And the state law about disturbing the peace. I mean, when I read this law, it looks like every one of these are being broken. Uh, yeah, I would have to agree with you. Uh, Every one of these uh, elements in the disturbing the peace in general order, uh, doing anything, engaging in fisticuffs, for one, mm-hmm. addressing any offensive, derisive, or annoying words to any other person who is lawfully in any street or public place, calling him by an offensive or derisive name. Sure, sure. Mm. I mean, using offensive language. Well, music is... is- is general, uh, the DJs are general when they're talking and not talking to any specific person. It's just blaring out to everyone. Chief, what are the numbers for the calls that you have had downtown? I guess for this year or when you have some stats you cited during the council meeting yesterday. Go over those because those numbers were astonishing when I heard you say them. I did. Uh, in 2023, this year alone from January up to date, uh, we have responded to 473 uh, calls downtown within that four-block area, and I would certainly say that that is excessive. In the uh, block of Texas Street, west of Spring Street, 161 calls. In the block of Spring Street, south of Texas Street, 44 calls. On Texas Street, uh, east of Spring Street, 61 calls. On Spring Street, north of Texas Street, 
131 calls. And this is just those that have been called into SPD. There is no real telling how many that has been self-initiated that mm-hmm. hadn't been called in. And you have beefed up police down there. Did you say 16 officers are now assigned there on the weekends? It can be anywhere from 15 to 25 and 71 calls right at the very intersection of Texas and Spring Street. So a total of 473 now, some people are bringing up, like, Festival Plaza, the Revel, when bands are playing at the Revel. Uh, is that in violation of the noise ordinance? It is permitted. Uh, they are temporarily permitted for a specific, you know, period of time, mm-hmm. not for every day. There are exceptions in the ordinance, which are um, yes. for things like that. Yes. The one big point that people need to realize is that the you have a right to be on the sidewalk. In yes, downtown. You do. Anyone you, does. Police officers can't go down there and say, get off the sidewalk and move on. That is correct. Well, at what point does loitering take place? But the, the, the problem is you've got young people that are hanging out down there that are underage. Yes. They have no intention of going in these clubs because they couldn't get in. Right. But then they're down there drinking and they're doing other things that are illegal. Is that the biggest problem with this? That is one of the main problems, yes. Uh Obviously, the uh, establishments downtown, uh, probably the occupancy level would not hold all the people that come down there. Uh, so a lot of people come with no intent of patronizing the businesses but to party on the parking lots. And that's where uh, fights and danger begins. Uh, there are food vendors down there uh, that's also inviting people not to go into the clubs. If the music on the rooftop were no longer audible to the sidewalk, those crowds would not be there? Do you believe that? Some would not. The the, the parking lots where they gather most, if they can't hear the music uh, from the clubs, and certainly they're not going to be on the parking lot. We're not going to allow them to be partying, playing from the automobiles. But I think that would, in fact, help our situation. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this: when you when this no- noise ordinance is approved, we assume it will be, and you get a complaint, you go down there, you find your you pull out your little trusty decibel meter, and it's in violation. What happens then? Then the uh, uh, person who's in charge will be cited immediately. There's not gonna be any little warnings like, "Hey, you got to turn this down." You're gonna go give them a ticket. The your warning period occurs right now. That's what oh, I was. Oh, good. We, we've been, okay. Yeah, we, We're talking about that is your period. Loud and clear. This yes. is your warning. That is correct. So the noise ordinance. What is our decibel levels at, at, at a certain level at a certain distance? Where are we on that? Um, there's a time element that's involved in there. And I, uh, it's seven a to ten fifty nine or eleven fifty nine. Yeah. I think. Yes, yeah. yes, that that is correct. So at mm-hmm. five in the morning, they can still blast at one hundred and twenty decibels. No, no, no. It has to go down lower. At midnight. Downtown Entertainment District from 7 a.m. until 11.59, it says 65 decibels. From 12 a.m. to 6.59 a.m., 55 decibels. That's as it stands so far. Now, Mike, what you were just saying, a vacuum cleaner is 70 decibels. We were looking at some different decibel level comparison, um, Chief, and Mm -hmm. like like running a vacuum cleaner Mm -hmm. uh, is 70 decibels. Sure. So there's no more rooftop music. Well, I mean, that's what it looks like. Well, no, I, w- I wouldn't say that. Not at all. And property lines uh, have to come into play here. 
So in other words, if your establishment is, I'm going to just give a, an estimate, 30 or 40 feet from public space. Okay. So if I measure public space and you're at 65 decibel, where at the source, it could, in fact, be uh, a good bit louder than that. Okay. But the public space is a sidewalk right in front of that business, correct? Yes, it is. So you could measure it right there and say you're over 60 decibels, so you got to turn it down. That is correct. But you're not going to say you got to turn it down. You get to sign this little piece of paper I'm bringing you. That is correct. At this point, uh, as I said at the council meeting, I'm willing for any business down there to come and work with you to help you establish your boundaries. Now, is there an accelerated fine scale? Because otherwise, if you say, oh, it's a $500 fine, you know, club owners are going to go, I'll pay that all day long. It goes up and up each time. And at some point, I think uh, maybe after the third one, then we certainly will pursue things at a, a, a higher level. Meaning, meaning what? What would be the consequences then? Well, I'd have to discuss that with the city attorney to see what's next in line. But uh, all of the uh, establishment are licensed and inspected by SPD. And so I would certainly think that uh, if you continue to break the law, then you could possibly be forfeiting some of that. Mm-hmm. That right now, the suspension of alcohol permits is not in the ordinance, but it does say after your third offense, you can you can be taken to court for injunctive relief, which could maybe not alcohol, but you could close the business down. Uh, my officers, uh, vice officers, do inspect the establishments, uh, and we do frequently uh, recommend suspension uh, of their licensing and their alcohol permits for. A violation. Mm, you don't want that injunctive relief. No. But there are eye drops for that. <laughs> <laughs> Chief Wayne Smith, thank you so much thank for you. coming in this morning. Appreciate and, it. And good luck with this. We're going to stay on, stay on top of it. Okay. Stephen Wagusback, candidate for governor, joining us coming up at 740. Mike and McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Louisiana gubernatorial candidate Stephen Wagusback joining us coming up just after the break. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 17. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, gubernatorial candidate Stephen Wagusback joining us. Uh, good morning, Wags. How are you? Good morning. How are we doing today? Well, we're doing great. Looks like uh, you had a good night last night. Uh, the debate consisted of you and the Democrat candidate, Sean Wilson. It was just the two of you. How do you feel uh, How do you feel it went? I, I think it went great. I mean, I, I think obviously I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was happy with my performance. I think it, it showed a clear difference in direction of where Sean wanted to take the state and where I want to take the state. I think uh, our vision resonates with voters. It was good to have more time to actually flow through the questions. You know, this is the first debate where they invited just the top finalists, and uh, they invited me, Sean, and Jeff Landry to participate. Jeff declined. Um, so it was good to be up there and answer those questions. And um, I, I got a lot of ton of great feedback uh, yesterday. It comes on the heels of getting the Times Picayune and Advocate endorsement um, and the business report uh, here in Baton Rouge's endorsement. And we're getting good response across the state. So we feel momentum building, so we're excited about the home stretch. Do you have enough time? If the momentum's building, you got a couple of weeks, uh, and early voting is starting. Um, do you think you have time? 
tick, 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 tick. I don't know. Every day is is, is, a, is a challenge and an opportunity. I and mean, early voting starts Saturday. October 14th is game day. Um, look, I, I think traditionally, and it, it, it's repeating itself this year, Louisiana voters really start paying attention in a governor's race after Labor Day. That's when the kids go back to school. That's when football comes on TV. And that's when people start dialing in. So, yeah, we have felt the last couple of weeks an intense focus on all the candidates. And that's what we've been asking for because we think our message really resonates well with people. So, yeah, we think we have time. We think we're surging at the right time. We're clearly number three in the race. And all we got to do is get in the top two to get into a runoff. So, you know, I'm hoping folks are taking a good look at me, going to our website, wagsforla.com, learning about our vision because I think it's exactly what Louisiana needs. And that's what we're hearing from voters we talk to. Wags, let me ask you, the um, Jeff Landry's clearly out in front. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think two Republicans can make the runoff? Do you think that is feasible? Yeah, I do. I do think it's feasible. And how cool would that be, right? I mean, to be able – because right now, what Republicans are not getting right now across the state is a true debate. Uh, you know, Jeff refuses to debate. And so the truth is, folks know the name Jeff, and they've seen him sue people as attorney general, but what's his position on economic growth? What's his position – on education reform? What's his position on workforce development? What's his position on legal reform and lawsuit reform? We don't know the answer to those questions because he won't engage in debates. And so I think Republicans deserve an honest debate. You know, the, the, the state party tried to go in early on and scare away other candidates. And I don't think that's what Republican principles are all about. So imagine how cool it would be to have a double Republican runoff, to have a debate between me and Jeff. And look, I hope the whole state, you know, would thoroughly vet us and may the best person win. I think that'd be good for Louisiana and good for, uh, you know, democracy. So, look, that's absolutely an opportunity. I don't think Sean Wilson has galvanized the Democrat base at all. We're getting interest and support from all kinds of different folks around the state, Democrats, Republicans, independents, and everything in between. And so I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think we're pulling folks over to a message that is, uh, has a uniting message based in conservative principles. And that's what we should always want. Talking with Stephen Wagesback, former president of the Louisiana Association of Business and Industry, gubernatorial candidate. Stephen, we know that uh, Richard Nelson has dropped out now. Uh, other candidates, uh, according to Dr. Sato from LSUS, said that, like, you know, Sharon Hewitt, her, her campaign is running on fumes, he wrote in, in his article. Uh, have, you, have you heard about any, any possible dropouts from other candidates? Well, look, I'll let them speak for their own intentions. You know, look, as a first-time candidate, I know how tough it is to put your name on the line, to put your family on the line. Uh, you know, this has been an exciting several months for my family and I. But, look, there's there's risk and reward that comes with these things. And so everyone on the ballot, I respect them for having the courage to put their name out there. And, I, and you know, I, I'm serious about that. So would I love any other candidate in this race to come out and, and support me and get behind our campaign? Of course I would. I'm, I'm a competitor. I want to win. Um, so, yeah, it, there's there's plenty of room uh, for folks to come on board uh, of Team WAGS. We'd love to have them all. And um, I'd be honored if anyone made that decision. But you'd have to ask them directly, and they could probably speak more honestly about it. You last night said that um, DOTD has, a, I think, quote, a bloated budget. Um, and you said Sean's a good guy, but the bureaucracy has not been reined in. Um how would you cut DOTD? We need our roads fixed, and you're going to cut our road department? Well, I don't see. I don't think bureaucrats in a cubicle in Baton Rouge are paving much these days, Aaron. I think, actually, it's contractors on the ground that are doing that. So, to me, in the current era, 
where you can't find a business in this economy that doesn't depend on consultants and outside partners. You know, people in every industry are finding that they can be more efficient and lean if they go lean on the inside and partner with consultants and experts on the outside. I don't see how government can't do the same thing. So do you need all of those inside engineers and experts, or can you go lean and mean, partner with the outside world, and find those efficiencies and put that into asphalt? I think government at some point has to learn some lessons from the free market and and free enterprise, which is being lean and mean doesn't mean you have to cut. It just means you have to be smarter with your investments. So, yeah, I would appoint a secretary that would look for ways to outsource a lot of those services. I think that'd be good for the Louisiana companies and engineering firms that are right now trying to survive in a tough economy. And I think it would allow us more efficient taxpayer dollars. So I view it as a win-win. You also talked about... um a green investment uh, i'm trying to figure out how your wording renewable and solar and hydrogen uh, energy or do you have concerns when you talk like that that you might be hurting the oil businesses across louisiana who when they hear you talk like that they're like whoa is he coming after us no that's 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 a misrepresentation of my answer Aaron. Okay. you might want to go back and listen to that All right. basically what, what i was saying is is that the companies that are producing traditional oil and gas right now in america right now in louisiana or the ones that are investing in the next generation of technology. It's, it's oil and gas companies that are investing in hydro, that are investing in, in, in solar and, and, and all those new technologies, carbon capture. And so, look, if we want to be a player not just in the current but also in the future, we have to embrace what we do well today and also make it a good environment that as those companies invest in the next generation of energy, they do it here in Louisiana, here in America, not in foreign countries. And so that's why I want us to be in all of the above energy states. And that way we can have the same people that are drilling holes in the ground and building pipelines to do uh, oil and gas today can maybe be the same ones that are pumping hydrogen and CO2 and drilling for that and putting that in pipes tomorrow. The same Boudreaux and Thibodeaux that are doing it today could be doing the next generation tomorrow. That's good for us today and it's good for us tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Stephen Waggis, back candidate for uh, Louisiana governor. Uh, Wags, what makes you different from the other conservative uh, Republican candidate, Jeff Landry? What sets you apart from him? Well, you'd have to, if we had debates, it'd be more easy for you to answer that question. Look, I've been in every debate that they've had, and I've been very honest with every single question. I've thrown the truth out there on a thousand different topics. That's not what Jeff has chosen to do. You know, he's trying to do the old Dean Smith four-corner offense and run the clock out. I don't think that's what voters need right now. They need honesty and transparency from every candidate. So, look, my, my record is clear. I've answered questions on every single thing. The true question is, Jeff's unknown on a lot of topics. And, look, he may have great answers. I don't know. You don't know. The voters don't know. What separates me is I want to leave from the front. I want to come in and be honest with people. Look, we have an unaffordability crisis in Louisiana. Insurance is through the roof. Inflation is through the roof. People can't afford to stay here. It's unsafe in too many communities. Our schools are not meeting the needs of too many of our families. Those are real issues that must be confronted with someone who wants to come in, yes, have conservative values, but also be willing to bring people together to solve problems. This is not an era to just hang out in soundbite world. This is an era to roll up your sleeves and get to work and solve problems because we've got a lot of them. And that's the type of leader I am. You and said I think um, that's what people are looking for. You said a vote for Jeff Land for a vote for Sean Wilson is basically a vote for Jeff Landry. Because you don't think Wilson can beat Jeff, to which he responded, and I wanted to give you a chance to answer this, to which Mr. Wilson responded, the idea that we will not elect an African-American governor is unacceptable Mm -hmm. to me. The people of Louisiana are far better than that. 
How do you respond to that? Yeah, that, 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 there's nothing to do with race with that. And, and Sean knows that and everyone knows that. It's numbers. Look, we're a red state. We're a Republican state. We're going to elect a Republican governor. I think the numbers are pretty clear. It and makes so me nervous that, when you say that. It just makes me nervous. What makes you nervous? You say we're a red state and we're going to elect a Republican governor. We haven't well, the last two elections. I yeah, hope you're I right. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, I think it's going to happen that way. But look, I, you know, the numbers are pretty clear. All the polling pretty much shows what I said. And, um, you know, you've got Hunter Lundy saying the same thing. I think it's pretty obvious for anyone who's taken a look at the polls. We're going to have a Republican governor. The question is, are we going to have one that's focused on solutions, on focused on, you know, fixing the problems that ails us? Guys, Louisiana is struggling right now. This is not some glory days we're living in, and mm-hmm. we just need someone to come in and be a pep, a, a pep rally for us. We need a problem solver. We are losing everything we have to Texas and other states. The South is booming around us, and we are literally shrinking. Mississippi is catching up on us. I think we're in a code red moment. And so, yeah, I don't think just an any old Republican is the right expectation right now. I think you need a problem solver right now. And so, look, I think I'm that guy. I just want voters to give a thorough vetting of all the candidates and make the best decision possible. And I think we can do that if everyone participates in this process. Stephen Wagesback, candidate for governor. Thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. So we've got four amendments on the 1st, October 18th. Is that right? October 14th. That's what I said. October 14th. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? And then four on the... November 18th. That's the 18th. November 18th. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk with Royal Alexander about the four that are on the October ballot. It's too much to try to do all eight of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then we all know about the millage for Caddo Parish. And it looks like we will have the administrator of Caddo Parish, uh, Erica Bryant, on next week to talk about that millage. And, you know, that's a big issue for, for a lot of folks uh, whether or not we're going to get any new juvenile justice beds. But the amendments, people hadn't talked about at all. We need to kind of go over those. And we will mm-hmm. after uh, after the news at the top of the hour. Absolutely. Uh, thanks again to Chief uh, Wayne Smith. Came in earlier this morning talking about the noise ordinance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting. When you look at some of these charts that, 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 that I, I pulled up, like an alarm clock is 80 decibels. And they're proposing that the music being played from the rooftops of these clubs be lower than that. Yeah. That's yeah. that's surprising to me. That essentially shuts the music down. I mean, it, you know, truth be known, you won't be able to play music from the rooftops anymore. And I got no problem with that. Uh, yeah. And, and there's a lot of people that would say the same, that that would keep the crowds from coming downtown. But we all know, remember this, please, that I said this first. Yes, you might move folks from downtown. They're going to find another place. You know, they had the issue on Mansfield Road, and we've sent a heavy police presence there. The kids are going to go out and find a place to party and going to go out and find a place. We're just going to have to, police are just going to have to go run. Go into the fields like we used to yeah, do. I, I, <laughs> we, we just have to know we're going to continue to have to follow this. This is not, a, you know, we all did this when we were kids. When we were young teenagers, we wanted to go out and hang with our friends. The problem is things are getting, as Chief said, probably off the air. Um, the things they're getting into now are escalating. 
There are more guns. There are more drugs. It's it's becoming a bigger problem. Royal Alexander after the news, Mike McCurry. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty. And uh anytime somebody goes into the ballot into the booth, uh, the election booth, if you haven't studied, don't expect to go in and read the amendments and go, Oh, I know what this means. Mm-hmm. Well, in in <laughs> to help with that, we've got Royal Alexander, constitutional attorney, uh on the phone on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Royal, good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. In 30 seconds, break them all down for me. <laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Um, th- there's four on the October 14th ballot, four constitutional amendments, and I'm just going to summarize them. And and you, you are right, Mike. You kind of got to have your game plan in place before you – or a lot of people just vote no, which you know probably is – Which is, a lot of times they, they write them hoping you do. Mm-hmm. Right. And because it's so worded too. like you're actually supporting it. That's right. And but the the four of the first of the four for this um election on October fourteenth, there'll be four more in November. But for the four for October fourteenth, the first is it's called the Zuckerbuck's bill prohibiting donations to conduct elections and the long and short of it is do you support an amendment to prohibit the use of funds, goods or sources or services, excuse me, from a government, foreign government or non-governmental source. And the whole reason our legislature put this on the, the, the ballot is because Mark Zuckerberg spent hundreds of millions of dollars in 2020, so-called, quote, unquote, helping fund the election. And many Thanks. people, and I'm one of them, think it was to influence the election. It was giving. Soros is Mark- the same way. Yeah. And, and, there's a whole argument about put, putting money into elections like that. And I think it's probably not a good idea for outside money to come into our state like that. To I think it's influencing elections. They would say, oh, no, we're just helping helping you conduct elections. But, but shouldn't so, it be a law, though, and not a constitutional amendment? Couldn't we have handled it differently? And, Aaron, that, that's a great question. We've done this so many times now for decades Instead of making it a federal, a state statute, we've decided to make it a state constitutional amendment. The answer is yes, it could be, but we choose. It. A lot of times, legislators don't want to take on a hot topic, a difficult topic, so they'll just let the voters decide directly by saying yes or no to a constitutional amendment. So, if you vote, if you do not want money from outside government or outside sources, would you support this or or vote no? No, I would vote yes. I recommend, and I want to say these are just recommendations. People can have principal differences, but on the first one, do you support an amendment to prohibit the use of funds, goods, or services? Uh, yes, I would vote yes because I do support an amendment to prohibit the use of funds. So, okay. to me, number one would be yes. And num- number number two, two is the religious one, correct? It is, and and I recommend yes on that simply because what this constitutional amendment is doing is what the U.S. Supreme Court has already done in the area of free exercise of religion, which is if you're going to stop someone from going to worship in a house of worship or a church or house of worship, you really have to have a court should employ the strictest 
highest level of scrutiny that a judge or a court would use, which is strict scrutiny. Because, again, a lot of this came about from COVID, from that period of time where that pastor in South Louisiana kept having church and was mm-hmm. fined numerous times. And it was and violating the governor's order, yes. Violating the governor's order. <laughs> and so I, my recommendation on number two is yes also, because all we're doing in Louisiana is putting in our Constitution the very same highest protection for free exercise of religion the U.S. Supreme Court already. Now, we had a, a big debate on this, uh, Amendment Number 3, most recently the use of budget surplus to pay off retirement system debt. And, and listen, and on this one, I don't, I, I don't really make a recommendation on this one. And, and let me just say why. It is very important that we pay these unfunded accrued liabilities, one of which is the promise that we made to state employees that these pensions will be protected and funded. There's no doubt that's very important. We're multi-billions of dollars behind. It's like a $17 billion gap between what we're going to owe as a state in the way of pensions to employees and what we have. So it's a huge thing. On the other hand, on the other hand, what this is doing is going from 10% to up to 15%, excuse me, 10% up to 25% mm-hmm. of any state surplus funds. So right now, we it would take it up to, we're at 10% now, the state would have to spend the legislature up to 25, from 10 to 25, to try to catch up some of what we're behind on with these pensions. On the other hand, the reason I didn't make a recommendation is we also have roads and bridges and coastal restoration. We have some huge infrastructure bridges that aren't safe. It's another state. dedication of our money that we can't get to again, right? Uh, that's right. Okay. And a lot of people say, well, it's that's why I'm saying on this one, it, it was just hard for me because you, you can make a principled argument for either thing. You can say, no. I, but some people say, I don't want the legislature having any more access to funds than it has to have. Well, I mean, that's one perspective. Then mm-hmm. you would probably be opposed to this. On the other hand, if you do, if when you take money off of the off the board, so to speak, it can't be used for other things. So you, you, you just have to decide, am I more worried about pensions that aren't fully funded right now? Or do I want to build a bridge so it doesn't fall in the water next time I drive over it? So that's why I didn't make a recommendation about number three. I, I, I think... I think a lot of people are going to support it because they want the pensions funded. On the other hand, there's people more worried about infrastructure in Louisiana than they were worried about pensions. Mm-hmm. So that's why I just said people just kind of decide, got to decide what they prioritize. So that's going to take some more studying and thought. And, and, and it's reasonable. I mean, again, we, we have a $17 billion unfunded accrued liability and pension benefits. So real quick, and, number four. And number four. The property tax exemption. If property tax exemptions aren't a right, they're, 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 you know, something that can be given and you do it to encourage really free enterprise, the market. You, you give a property tax exemption to really inspire certain behavior. Well, what, what all this is saying is, is that if a nonprofit corporation owns residential property in which it continues to have violations, public health or safety violations, you can take its exemption away. In the future, maybe it can get it back. But if you had repeated public health and safety violations, then you would support 
allowing that property tax exemption to be denied. So to me, that would be a yes on number four. That's a no-brainer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So know, know before you go into the, the voting booth how you feel about these four amendments. Study them ahead of time. Royal Alexander, great uh, great tips and uh, keeping it in, in simple language. <laughs> Explain it to me like Thank I'm you. seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. You Thank bet. you, Royal. Thanks. Appreciate your time. 1017F. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. You had a story in uh, in one of your newscasts about Target closing nine stores mm-hmm. across four states. And somebody may go, well, you know, what's the big deal? They, you know, Target has, what, 1,900 stores. Mm-hmm. So what if they're closing nine? Well, let me tell you why this is significant. They're, they're closing stores, and they stated, Target stated, organized retail crime. Yes. Organized mm-hmm. crime. Organized. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Mm-hmm. And, and Target is already... They've put in measures like more security workers using third-party guard services. Yep. Uh, they've installed theft deterrent tools like lock. They have to lock up merchandise, Aaron. Mm-hmm. We have to lock it up. You can't just. Pretty they soon they're all going to have to have like shields in front of all their shelves. Oh, pretty soon you're just going to have to buy night. online. They just don't want us to come to a store. They've trained store leaders and security team members to protect themselves to de-escalate potential safety issues. Mm-hmm. This has become a safety issue. And they said business performance at the location slated for closure was unsustainable. They're losing they're losing their butts. Now, nine stores. Let me let me tell you where these stores are. Hmm, Texas? Florida? They've got nine stores in four states. Four states. Three stores in Portland. Oregon, mm, yeah. Portland. Mm-hmm. Two in Seattle. Oh. East Harlem, New York. And three more in the San Francisco Bay Area. Hmm. What do all these locations have in common? Hmm. I'll just leave that out there yeah. and let you determine what you think that is. L- listen, closing stores because people are piling their buggies with stuff and walking out. Walking out the door. And this has become an organized effort. Mm-hmm. You, you just saw in the news where now they're they're doing these flash mob thefts. They're or, they, they went into an Apple store. And just trashed the place. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the the display models are in the Apple stores. If they're actual, I think they are working models. Yeah. Uh, and, and people have just they they've broken into a a, a Lululemon store. Golly. And and multiple offenders in masks are going. These are organized efforts. Yeah. And the, the, the National Retail Foundation did a real big report on it and said 70% of these thefts are by people who are repeat offenders. That's what they're doing for a living. They're going in today and stealing stuff, and then they're going down the road the next day and stealing stuff there. 
This um, is their job. That's what Somebody they do for a living. Somebody is hiring these people to go in and gather merchandise. Or they're you selling it and that's how they're living. You don't go into a Lululemon store because you go, I'm going to go in and buy all these expect. No. You do that in an Apple store or a Best Buy or you're going into Target mm-hmm. and you're targeting, no pun intended, certain items. Yes. This is organized crime. Because you can resell it and make a ton of money. There's no money. consequences. <sighs> California has increased their felony requirements to where they can go in and steal thousands of, of, of dollars worth of merchandise yeah. without even being arrested. It's it's starting in those four states. Trust me, it's going to follow in other states. Don't think just nine stores is not significant. Mm-hmm, it is. Because what it's saying is, is much more important. Mm-hmm. Tim Huck uh, is a local business owner, downtown business. He owns some nightclubs. He's going to join us coming up uh, in about 10 minutes or so talking about the noise ordinance. Mike and McCarty, 1017. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty coming up here in just a moment. Uh, local business owner Tim Huck going to join us in studio talking about the proposed Shreveport noise ordinance. Oh, he's fired up. You got to hear this coming up next. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. In studio with local business owner Tim Hug joining us. Uh, Tim, good morning. Thanks for making the drive out here to East Texas. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, you own uh, the Sandbar downtown. Yes, ma'am. And you do you also own Phoenix? I also own Phoenix. Okay, both of them are in business. Yes. And and nightclubs. Nightclubs. Uh, so you're the problem. Um, I mean, I guess maybe I don't know. We downtown's gotten crazy. Uh, that would be an understatement. And we are proposing a noise ordinance. Will the no- noise ordinance, if it's passed in two weeks, will that fix the problem? It will fix 90% of the problem. Okay. Um, will it fix all the problems? Absolutely not. One ordinance alone will not fix every problem. However, large groups seem to congregate in areas where that they are entertained it's it's a proven fact when we do festivals we bring bands when we have you know when we're trying to draw big people we bring entertainment entertainment draws people and the noise being played the music being played to the streets are drawing the crowds Mm -hmm. and entertaining them and so they're hanging out the 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 chief said it himself 472 calls this year in that one block area around Hayes let's call it like it is Hayes says more of the calls were were from you from from your businesses well the chief said differently and mm-hmm. uh and the chief um doesn't have any reason to lie he's not a friend of mine i don't really know him uh actually most of the time when we talk it's uh me yelling at him <laughs> okay the crowds that are gathering outside Hayes on Texas, um, he said today on the radio, they really have no intention of going in the club. They have no intention of going in any club. Most of them are underage. The others are out there partying for free. They're carrying bottles of liquor with them. They're smoking weed openly. They're they're blocking the streets and twerking and dancing. And they have absolutely no intention of going in a club. If you watch the videos that have been posted online the last week, 
uh, every video shows you that everyone is standing there looking up at the rooftop of Hayes dancing. Uh, you, it's impossible for you to say that they're not drawing the crowd. Okay, Tim, they have a right to be on the sidewalk. 100%. They can walk in our downtown. 100%. They can sing. I think it's actually legal to hold a, an a alcoholic beverage and drink. Absolutely I don't know. not. It's not. No, you it cannot is not, be out, not on, out the on the sidewalk. No, okay. it's called open container. And it's you can't a, it's, do it. It's okay. a violation. But you can be on the sidewalk, sitting there, chilling. Definitely. Where, where does this cross the line? Where it crosses the lines when they get in the street and block traffic. Where it crosses the line is when they start fighting and they have to mace the whole street. And the people who are trying to get into my establishments are maced just trying to walk into a bar. Uh, where it crosses the line is where the the crowds are so big that they cannot be controlled. When the fights break out and they have to turn on multiple sirens and when they turn on the sirens the club turns their music up to drown out the sirens. With the the people hanging out on the street, that's legal. You can walk around on the street, but it, if the police the police chief did explain to you how many people were illegally carrying guns, okay? How many people have alcoholic beverages out there carrying their own alcoholic beverages? How many of them are smoking weed out there? How many of the people are underage out past curfew? There are multiple laws being broken and 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 it's all being assisted by the entertainment that is provided. All right, now you've obviously read the proposed ordinance uh, multiple times. Do you support as written? Um 100%. Um here, the, the, there's any logical common sense person uh supports it as written. It hasn't changed the law from what the law has been for the last 30 years. What it did is change the enforcement of the law. The the actually it it weakened the law because the law used to be you couldn't be over uh 60 uh 65 past 11. Now it goes 65 past to midnight, and then it drops down to 55. So the and law, you're talking about decibel levels. Decibel levels. Right. Mm-hmm. So actually, the only thing that changed in the law is they extended the hours of it being a little bit louder, and they changed how the law is properly and easily enforced. Okay. Rooftop music is the problem. Um, have you ever done it before? Have you had it at your clubs? Uh, well, were you shut down? I turned on the rooftop music. I turned my music on my roof one time for about nine minutes, and 11 police officers walked in my club and told me there's a noise ordinance, and I had to turn my music off. Um, while the music was playing across the street? While the music was playing across the street at a higher level than, than legal also, yes. Did they tell that bar owner to turn hers off? No, they did not. Have you been able to figure out why? Um, I mean, if you just want to be honest, because I'm white. Okay, let's go there because there are people who are saying that if these were white people downtown partying and hanging out, that it wouldn't be a problem. Is the noise ordinance racist? Yeah. Um, It was written by a black attorney and endorsed by a black police chief. If it's racist, they definitely need to be calling those people. But if these were white crowds gathering, would we care? If the white crowds were blocking the streets, fighting to the point that they get mace put in, if they were underage, smoking weed, and drinking in the streets, I would care. Everybody would care, Tim. I don't understand why people want to make it a racial issue. Well, because the issue is the the, the bar is breaking the law. The owner of the bar is well-connected in the political community. So the only way you can justify breaking the law is by changing the narrative. Uh, when it's a law, a remedial law or law 101, if the laws are with you and the facts are against you, you stick with the law and stay away from the facts. If the facts are 
are uh, with you and the laws against you, you stick with the facts and stay away from the law. If they're both against you, confuse. And at this point, they're trying to confuse people into saying it's a race issue so that they won't talk about the law or the facts because both of them are against them. Is that kind of where the the, the chief talked about? Y'all had a meeting. You sat down. The bar owners were in the meeting. He said it went sideways. Very sideways. Well, yelling and hollering. Oh, um, a lot of yelling it, and hollering. Was it just not bar owners, but business owners downtown? Is no, that it correct? Was, was it, it was it was me and Shalette that were doing all the yelling. Okay. I was involved in the yelling. I won't. I will. Uh, I will be honest and 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 straightforward. Um, they basically said I'm racist because I want them to follow the law and that they're not turning their music down. And uh, they brought Tabitha Taylor, who had nothing to do with the meeting, no reason to be in the meeting. It was it was it was supposed to be a cordial meeting, um, and instead they brought a city council member who's not even her district. Mm. It's not even her district, right? Um, her district. Now she did get the casinos the river, in her district. Front, yeah. uh, didn't adjust any votes. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But um, they uh, they bring a council person who is not even in their district to to talk about this. And basically, what Shalette said is, my council person is going to cover me, and I don't have to follow the law. But if this ordinance passes, the way that rooftop exists at Hayes today, it they cannot play that music like that anymore. If the ordinance passes the way it's written, which I will be extremely shocked if it does, because the city council proved yesterday they don't care what the chief says. Wait they a don't, minute. They don't care what the city attorney says. Don't you think they just want to give time and two weeks they'll pass it? In two weeks, why didn't you get two weeks due diligence from the first time it's read to the day they voted on it? Where, what did they do in those two weeks? Why have we not done this diligence in those two weeks? Why didn't they have their meeting in those two weeks like every other person would have to do if a law was affecting their business? That's why they give a two-week grace between the first reading and the time you can vote on it. They can't vote on, a, on, a, on an ordinance for two weeks from the time it's proposed so that people have an opportunity to read it and understand it before it is made law. So why are we giving two more weeks? So now, so now we're looking at a month minimum. Well, before a vote, if if they don't make any adjustments, because if they make adjustments to it, then they have to have two more weeks after that. And next thing you know, they'll figure out two more weeks from there. And so we're kicking the can down the road until the silent majority who have now become vocal go back to silent. You've been fighting this for how long? Um, since the first time that Hayes' DJ got on the mic and told people to block the street, this is Ratchet City, the police don't care, we don't have any rules. And that was in October of 2022. And has it gotten worse every weekend? I won't say every weekend. Me and Shalette sat down about two months ago and... They got better for a minute, and then they've gotten worse every weekend for the last When you say time. they got better, what did she do? Did she they, turn they the music They turned the down? music down a little bit and started trying. Because I was like, look, we can we can figure this out amongst ourselves. Uh, I even told them about face cancellation, explained to them how you can set your speakers up differently. You could add more speakers in different angles, and every area of the patio could be loud, and you couldn't hear it off the patio. It's called face cancellation, and it takes about two minutes to Google it and understand it. Okay. And that's phase cancellation is right. what you're saying. Right. right. But she's not tried that. They're not willing to try anything. They don't they, 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 they don't have to because they have the city council on their side. But she's not making a dime off those people on the streets, correct? Uh, no, but she is drawing more people down. So she does. They, they, well, she's not making a dime anyway because she doesn't even she owns the license and her brother-in-law owns the building. But 
they illegally have other people operating it and making the money anyway. She makes whoa, she makes whoa. what she's going to make anyhow. Yeah, you can't you can't you can't bring in other people and have them run the business off of their license. But that's a whole nother conversation to have in 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 a deal. At this point, Tabitha Taylor is. It, it's personal between me and her, and there's no reason for it to be personal between me and her. It's right or wrong, okay? It's legal or illegal. And what she wants to make it is black and white and me and her. And it's not me and her. It's legal and illegal. And the law is very, 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 very clear. Now, they make money off of people who are in their building, but the DJs enjoy throwing a party to those big crowds. The DJs want to continue to just turn their music up and turn their music up and turn their music mm. up. And I have begged the city council members. I have begged them to come downtown. I have begged the mayor. I have begged the police chief to be downtown at 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. on Saturday morning and Sunday morning from Friday night and mm. Saturday night so they can actually see it for themselves. And they choose not to. So I've been sending them videos. When they pass it, you're going to come back and you're going to say, I'm proud of the council. They did a good job. All well, right. I will be very shocked. Okay. Tim Hutt. Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim Hutt, local business owner. Thank you for coming in. And if you a- at least had some passion about this, maybe you could get something done. 1017. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. You know, I go back to what I said earlier. We're not reinventing the wheel here. Mm-mm. No. Downtowns across the country are able to thrive and prosper. Yep. Because basically because business owners work amongst themselves and coexist. And they're responsible. Yes, exactly. And that's not happening here. No, it's not happening here. And and the simple thing would be for the folks at Hayes to say, you know, we're doing a disservice to the downtown and we probably should not do this. But at this point, they have not. And maybe they need to expand their club. If they need the rooftop, maybe they need more room. Maybe they need a bigger building because um, they can accommodate more people and do it all indoors. Just the rooftop is just not the place for the loud music. Maybe you have kind of a a little smaller group upstairs playing music, and inside you have the loud music. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I just know we just can't have lawlessness downtown. It's affecting more than just the businesses right around that area. Um, You know, there are people from out of town that are concerned about security Mm -hmm. coming into Shreveport. We got a message. Um, there's some reunions that are, you know, want to have their reception at the Petroleum Club. But uh, visitors are like, wait a minute, I don't mm-hmm. want to go downtown on a Saturday night. Right. Had somebody say they were Ubering from the downtown airport and had to detour around downtown because of the crowds. We're running late. Mm-hmm. Thank you much. 1017 